0: Good morning, everyone. Thank you so much. It's so nice to be up here again. I won't lie, it's much higher than it normally is. It's obviously a school thing and it's a bit rocky. So couple that with the hay fever medication I took this morning and we could have a really fun preach. (laughs) Um, Last week, Fidelis preached on um, building walls. And if you haven't listened to it or if you weren't here, I encourage you to go and listen to it on the podcast. It was a really inspirational and challenging word. And in essence, he, um, he spoke about the importance of, of self-discipline and in these current times, learning to build those boundaries with, with, within which we can operate. And um, this week, I happened to see a, a video um, I was scrolling through Facebook, and there was a guy who, was, who used a really clever demonstration with a guitar, which I won't do now, where he spoke about how, yeah, Yo, you can turn the guitar backwards and you can strum it on the wooden side, or you can just you know, go for broke and just hit it like as hard as you can and, and do whatever you want. But at the end of the day, it's only when you operate within the structures and the boundaries with which it was created and designed that you actually get the music instead of chaos. And I think... Even before I listened to Fidelis' word from last week, I already had today's message in my heart. So I truly believe that there is a message and a a current trend that's coming up. And even in the prayer meeting this morning, for those that were there, you're going to hear how what we we prayed about this morning without anybody there knowing ties in so perfectly with today's word. Um, Because in as much as it's important to have those walls that we build up and those boundaries in terms of self-discipline, no wall can stand unless it's got a stone we are meant to build on and not a fallacy or a mistake that's ultimately going to end up. So if you will turn with me to Matthew chapter 7. This is a parable that I'm sure you'll be very familiar with. Matthew 7 verse 21 to 29. And we're going to start off a little bit ahead of the, the parable. And Jesus is speaking to, it's just at the end of the Sermon on the Mount, just at the end of about two or three chapters of Beatitudes, which is Jesus addressing old teachings and kind of spinning a new light on them or shedding a new light on them and explaining, yes, well, this is what the Word says, but this is actually the meaning behind it and what God intends. And then Jesus says this to all the people that are listening to him. So this is Matthew seven twenty one. Therefore, whoever hears these things of mine and does them, I will liken him to a wise man who built his house on the rock, and the rain descended, the floods came, and the winds blew and beat on that house, and it did not fall, for it was founded on the rock. But whoever hears these things of mine and does not do them will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand, and the rain descended, the floods came, and the winds blew and beat on that house. And it fell, and great was the fall. And so it was when Jesus had ended these sayings that the people were astonished at his teaching, for he taught them as one having authority and not as the scribes. We sing songs about that. You remember that? I don't know if anyone knows that, Build Your House Upon the Sand, and there's the wise man. There's a a whole lot of songs that we sing in Sunday school, and I'm sure we've all heard about the wise and foolish builders before. Um, But when you actually focus on that verse and you let uh, let it sink in, it's a lot more pertinent and a lot more important than just a cool, catchy Sunday school song. And so I'd like to spend a little bit of time this morning unpacking that and unpacking how it is that we can test the foundations of our faith. And I'm going to ask you to consider just one question today, and I'm sorry if it comes across as a heavy message, but I truly believe, and I'm speaking to myself in this too, I truly believe that in order for us to to build the church of God, we can't start with a cool roof, and we can't do the decor before we've built the walls and before we've built the foundation upon which He intends us to stand. So the, the the question I'm going to ask you to consider this morning is what is the foundation of your belief in Christ? Not what your husband or wife thinks it is or what your parents taught you it was. Or, I'm asking you personally within your own heart to consider what is my foundation of being in this room this morning. What is my foundation of my belief in Christ? You'll notice if you go and read that whole portion of Scripture, Matthew 7 and the the preceding chapters, that the people that Jesus is speaking to have all come to hear the word. These are not, I think often we think of the wise and foolish builders as being the people in the church are the wise ones and the people outside the church, the non-believers, they're the foolish builders. And I suppose to a degree there's some truth in that. But when you truly unpack it, Jesus wasn't speaking to the non-churched people and the churched people. He was speaking to the people who had come to hear his word. He was speaking to the people who were in front of him wanting to hear believers. And yet he said, even amongst them, there are those that will be classified as the wise and as the foolish builders. And when the people heard this, and these were scriptures and teachings they'd heard before, they marveled because Matthew 29, uh, 729 says to us that they were astonished at Jesus' teaching, for he taught as one having authority and not as the scribes. Now, I'm sure throughout Scripture, you remember hearing about the scribes and the Pharisees, and the scribes and the Pharisees, we often paint them as the bad guys in Scripture, and they're they're the guys that were out to get Jesus, and they're the bane of his existence. But really and truly, the scribes that that are spoken about here were the teachers of the law. The scribes were the people who long before Christ came, they were the ones whose job it was to draw up legal contracts based on the law, They would be the guys who would teach the law to others. In fact, they wouldn't just read it. They would have it memorized. The scribes knew the word of God essentially inside out because that's what they'd been training to do their whole life. So a lot of the teachings that Jesus brought was not anything that the people that he was preaching to hadn't heard before. And yet when they heard Jesus speak it, they recognized that there was a difference between the way the scribes were bringing it across and the one who was in front of them at that time bringing it. And they recognized that Christ was preaching with authority. You see, the scribes merely memorized and knew the word. But Christ, Jesus, in the God in, in, in human form, was the author of those words. And when he spoke, he had his authority because they were words that he had penned. They were words that he had written. And so, when Jesus speaks, we should take more notice than than of any other person speaking into our lives. When Christ speaks, he is the author of all things. He speaks into our existence with all authority. In Matthew 25, verse 32, Jesus again speaks, and he again shares a very similar analogy. He says the following all the nations will be gathered before him, speaking about the Son of Man, speaking about the judge, all the nations will be gathered before him, and he will separate them one from another as a shepherd divides his sheep from the goats. And I can remember hearing that and being taught, well, again, sheep inside the church, goats, all the people outside the church. But it's interesting to note that both sheep, and goats in the Jewish culture were considered kosher meat. In other words, they were both considered okay by the Jewish faith. It wasn't, you know how, like, the Jews won't eat pork, they won't eat pigs because they're considered unclean. The, the sheep and the goats are both considered kosher meat. And if you read that verse in context, it again isn't Jesus speaking about everyone who's in the church and everyone who's out the church. He's speaking about those of us who are in the church, in the body of Christ, and there's still being a separation. And like I said, this morning isn't meant to be a heavy and not meant to scare anyone. If anything, the idea is for us to examine out and work towards or allow God to work towards healing that foundation. It's going to be shaken And tumbled around when the winds come. So again, the question. What is your foundation in your belief in Christ this morning? If our answer to that is anything short of Christ himself, then we might have a foundational problem. I was reading up that when a building is built, and obviously they lay the foundation first, they test the foundation before, during and after completion of construction of the whole building. In other words, they keep coming back. They keep testing. They keep putting strain tests and physical tests, and the engineers who are here I'm sure would know more about that than what Google could have shared with me. But there are constant tests. They're constantly coming back to the foundation because you can build the biggest, best, most elaborate building in the world. It can have everyone staring at it in awe and wonder, but it can take one wrong crack in the foundation for it to all come tumbling down. So this is not this morning for us to say we're going to test the strength of Christ. But rather, I'd like us to test our own personal faith and to make sure that we are not sitting with a watered-down, mixed-in version of Christ that somebody else has laid for us and that our foundation is built on sort of a, a, sort of a, a mixture of, of societal views of things when they should be built on Christ alone. Are we okay this morning? I know I'm not allowed to ask that, but I feel like this is really heavy and like maybe I'm bringing it across really sternly. Teach it (laughs) to myself more than anything else, I can promise you that. In 1 Corinthians 3, verses 9 to 11, and I'm going to come back to this verse at the end as well, and I'm going to tell you why, Tim, but you'll, you'll see it at the end. It says, For we are God's fellow workers, you are God's field, you are God's building. According to the grace of God, which was given to me, a wise master builder, this is Paul speaking, he says, according to the grace given to me, a wise master builder, I have laid the foundation and another builds on it, but let each take heed on how he builds on it. For no other foundation can anyone lay than that which is laid, which is Jesus Christ. So this morning I'd like to go through, and I'm sure there's Hundreds, everybody here could probably find their own, but I'd like to go through three sort of fallacy foundations, three misconceptions, three, three foundational, or well, three foundations to guard against um, in my own faith, and perhaps it'll speak to others. And the first one is, we need to guard against a foundation that was built on fear and not faith. I saw this cartoon on Facebook, and this was partly the inspiration for the original message. My original message was just going to preach on this, like just fear or faith. And and the cartoon, although I'm sure the cartoonist had a different intention in mind, it spoke to me. It said, if you need the threat of hell to make you a good person, you're not a good person. You're just a bad person on a leash. And I can remember being in churches before where, and and knocking anyone who, who preaches that turn or burn message. But literally, I can remember seeing bumper stickers, like, how will you spend eternity smoking or non-smoking? You know, and you kind of like, oh yeah, it's a, yeah, funny, catchy, yes, and turn or burn, or you know, you're in for a really warm future, and all these sort of fancy things. And, and we, like I said, the, the intention might be good, but the direction in which we ultimately steer people is wrong. I mean, God, and the gift that he offers us is not an insurance policy against an uncomfortably warm future. You know, it's not going, oh, well, like I think I've said this before many times, like I pay my car insurance, I pay my house insurance, I've got this insurance, life insurance, that insurance, now I need eternity insurance, I'll come to church. And so often, and, and perhaps inadvertently with the best intentions, we steer people down this direction of... Um, Turn or burn, quite literally. You know, uh, it's no longer about the grace of God so much as it is the fear of what's to come if you don't get into heaven. When God's good news invitation gets twisted up into a bad news ultimatum, we have missed the point. If your foundation in your faith in Christ is because you don't want to go to hell, it's not a good foundation. How can I test that foundation? Ask yourself the question, if heaven wasn't the reward at the end, would I still put my faith in Jesus Christ? Because what if suddenly we uncover scripture and, oh, Jesus isn't in heaven? It's not about, I'm not saying that, please don't quote me, that is, I mean, obviously, like, what, what are we preaching now? No, but do you, do you follow what I'm saying? What if, what if everything we've taught is wrong, and we get there, and they're like, oh, by the way, you all know, heaven's not the end destination, we've got more work for you, and, I mean, oh, no, sorry, I, I signed up to get off here, I'm like, this is where I came to be. No, our aim should be a heart after God and after Jesus and wherever he leads us. And the amazing thing is, yes, that ultimately ends in heaven for us, but that shouldn't be our end goal. That shouldn't be the reason we go, oh, fine, I'll wake up early on the cold Sunday mornings and drag myself here. It's not an insurance policy. And if our faith is built with the, with the idea that it is, we have got a very rocky foundation. The second foundation that I found myself throughout my years of of being in the church, another foundation that I found I sometimes fell into was the foundation based solely on prosperity and self-gain. And I don't know, I don't know, I don't know if prosperity teachers are still really a thing. I can remember, and I won't name anyone, and but I'm sure you can think of a few that spring to mind. I don't know if it's just that I've tuned them out and stopped watching them or whether it's just a trend that's died down. But we seem to go through this trend a few years ago where there'd be these big name preachers on TV, and just for your donation of this much a month, you can get a BMW, you know, God's going to bless you with the latest car and the latest house. And yes, it was even like, lay your hands on the TV now, and I'm I'm not knocking anyone's good intentions. But again, if we have this genie in the bottle fallacy, the machine, I put something in, I should get something out. In fact, I put something in, I should get something of greater value out because he's God. And that is so often the the thing that trips people up in their faith. Like, I've been paying my tithes. I've been putting money in the offering. I've been working hard. I've been doing all the right things. And still, I don't get the prosperous, comfortable life that I was promised. It's a shakable faith. It's a shakable foundation. It's a dangerous foundation on which to base base our faith. God never promised that it was all going to be sunshine and roses. Jesus, in fact, said, in this world, you will have trouble. Think about every single one of the disciples. I think all but two of them died horrific deaths. That's not me saying, okay, back up and leave. This is what's coming for you. That's, that's the truth of the matter is, is when these people chose to put their faith in Christ, there was real problems that came their way. They had some real uncomfortable living. But never once were they forsaken or forgotten. Sitting in church does not mean that our bank accounts will be filled. Does not mean that our health will always be top notch. Does not mean that everything, yes, God wants to bless us. Yes, he is the king of all. And he's more than capable of pouring out huge amounts of prosperity on each one of us. But sometimes God's plan and his will for our lives do not lead us down that same road that it might for someone else. We cannot have the genie in a bottle mentality. Or maybe things do go well. Like, yes, maybe you've applied the principles and things are working out. But we just keep God on the shelf for when we need him. And we need to rub that. It's a dangerous, dangerous foundation to have. So, how do we test it? Ask yourself the question. If I never got another thing from God, would I still follow him? If as you sit here right now, you were never guaranteed of another blessing, you are, but if you weren't, would you still put your faith in Christ? C.S. Lewis said this, Prosperity knits a man to the world. He feels that he is finding his place in it. But really, it is finding its place in him. Sometimes, some of us, if we got everything that god that we wanted God to give us, would find ourselves in a completely dark and dangerous place. We need to trust that our Father knows our needs and will supply our needs and Yes, there are times of doubt and uncertainty and times where we are just on our knees with with open hands and nothing else to give but our praise. But we cannot buy into the idea that God is going to give us because we've given something to him or give more to us. The last fallacy this morning, and then I'll be done. The last foundation that I've sometimes found myself trying to build on is a foundation based on someone else's faith or someone else's lack of faith even. This one is particularly dangerous because sometimes we, get, we are so caught up in following other people's good teachings that we forget about God's teachings. There are so many inspirational things out there, so many people that have got great ideas and great principles, and there's so many things that, that sound good but aren't necessarily biblical Or we've come to church because our friends come to church, or our family made us come to church, or, you know, we're being carried along on somebody else's faith, somebody else's actions, that we never truly build a foundation for ourselves. And if your faith has been based on other people, if your faith has been built up because of other people, your faith can be undone because of other people. We come to church, we're like, yeah, you know, my best friend brought me, and it's great. I'm not saying don't bring your friends to church. But at some point or another, it's, it's up to each and every one of us as an individual to decide within ourselves to build that foundation or to allow Christ to build that foundation. We can't be building on somebody else's house. We've got to be building on our own. Because what happens is when my faith is all about what I've learned or seen other people do, the moment they fall, I turn my back on the church and go, oh. Full of hip- hypocrites, full of broken people, full of, full of just lies. Other people's fair weather faith cannot be the basis and the foundation for our own faith because it will always fail us. Listening to a sermon on a Sunday is good, but the idea behind these is to challenge us to get into the word ourselves. This cannot be the only message you hear this week. You've got to delve into it. Go back and test every scripture that I've read. Go test that I'm telling you the truth. Don't just take my word for it. Allow the Holy Spirit to speak into your lives. I've lost my place. (laughs) You see, you're right. We pretty much are. Jesus himself said, he said, it's it's not the healthy who need a doctor, it's the ill. C.S. Lewis, again, I love him. My dad loved C.S. Lewis. I'm a big fan of his quotes. He said, the church is not an institution in which we work for God, but it's a community in which God works on us. We're going to meet people we don't necessarily get on with. We're going to see things that we go, mm, I don't know, that, that doesn't sit right with me. That's fine. That shouldn't be enough to shake your faith in Christ and turn your back on him altogether. Your foundation should be Jesus Christ, nothing more, nothing less. Colossians 3 verse 11 says, Christ is all and in all. 1 Peter 2 verse 6 this is a reference to a verse that appears in Isaiah. It says, behold, and this was, so these are the words that Isaiah, the prophet spoke. And then after Jesus had come, Peter again referenced them because it was speaking about Christ. It says, behold, behold, I lay in Zion a chief cornerstone, elect, precious, and he who believes on him will by no means be put to shame. And if you go and Google what a cornerstone is, it's the very first stone that's laid in building. It's sort of, it's, it's a, it says it's, a, it's the, let me read it. A cornerstone is the first so- stone set in the construction of a masonry foundation. All other stones will be set in reference to this stone, thus determining the position of the entire structure. With Christ as our cornerstone, when we are building or allowing God to build, we cannot go wrong. Any other cornerstone, we're going to have disaster. Notice when Jesus speaks about the wise and foolish builders. Notice he speaks about the wise builder and he says, And the rains came and the winds came and beat upon the house and the house stood. When he speaks about the foolish, he doesn't go, The rains came and the house fell down. He goes, The rains came and the winds came and they beat upon the house. Yes, sometimes what we build, we go, Oh, it can weather the storm. But when the true test comes, if our foundation is not right, we will not stand. I want to go back to that verse in in, uh, Corinthians that I read earlier. And I wasn't going to, but then what you shared in the prayer meeting, I thought it ties in. Well, you'll see what it is now. So back to 1 Corinthians 3 verse 9, it says, for we are God's fellow workers. You are God's field. You are God's building." According to the grace of God, which was given to me, a wise master builder, I have laid the foundation and another builds on it, but let each one take heed how he builds on it. For no other foundation can anyone lay than that which is laid, which is Jesus Christ. It continues. Now, if anyone builds on this foundation with gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, straw, each one's work will become clear. For the day will declare it, because it will be revealed by fire, and the fire will test each one's work of what sort it is. Now, for those who were in the prayer meeting this morning, Tim spoke about how he had an image of fire coming through, and how, I hope I'm not doing justice to, <laughs> to what you saw, he said that this image of fire, and some people cowering from it, and others just embracing it and letting it burn over them. And the Bible speaks about a time when the fire of God will pass through the church and anything that is not of God will be burnt up and destroyed. Will your foundation stand that fire? Because if you are built on anything less than Jesus Christ or anything more than Jesus Christ, your foundation will not stand. I'd like us to stand this morning and we're going to pray And I trust that you've been challenged by this and that you will spend time this week examining your foundations, asking yourselves the question, asking God to reveal to you anything that might be in that foundation, a crack, an unhealthy mixture, something that could compromise the design of the building that God is is building you towards. Shall we pray? Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord, that you are the wise builder. We thank you that Jesus Christ is the cornerstone, Lord. I pray for every individual represented here, every family that is represented here, Father, every household. Lord, may you even now speak to us in the, in your, through your Holy Spirit, Lord. Anything, Father, that is in our lives, in our foundation, that is not of you, any fallacy that may have crept in, any falsehood, anything that we are basing our foundations on, Father, that does not come of you, may you burn it away now. Lord Jesus, may you fix those cracks. May you solidify our foundations. Father, that when the when the storms come, when the waves and the wind beat against us, Lord, that Your word says we might be shaken, we will not be destroyed. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.